What's up, Fusion? Woo! Let's get hype. I'm excited. I'm excited. That song just hit me with all that I have. I'm, I'm, it just pumped me to another level because I want to give everything I have tonight for you guys to be up in this place. It is such an honor to be here. Mom and dad are out. Pastor David and Amber, they're on a much-needed vacation, and so you got me tonight to bless you guys with a little bit of the word, just a little bit. Squat. And before I get into anything, I just want to give honor to God for giving me just health and just so joyful to be here. Um, and then secondly, um, <clears throat> what's up, baby? My dark-skinned mocha diva sitting over there, my wife, Lindsay. That's right, boo. Yeah, I... This message wouldn't be made without her. I'm just letting y'all know right now. She put a little sauce on everything I said. Okay. So, uh, if you've been here for the past, well, actually last week um, when David and Amber kind of stepped away, uh, Erskine, my little big brother, uh, he brought the message last week on identity. Okay. He, he kind of broke it down from your internal identity to how you talk, how you act, how you speak, pretty much your character. And he lined it up with saying that, you have to be a representation of God because you were made in God's image, and he lined it up with the word, which is your ID card, and that's how you should be acting. And so tonight, I'm going to kind of give you a twofer because I'm going to piggyback off of his message about the internal identity, and I'm going to talk about your external identity, meaning community, meaning the people that are around you, meaning who you allow to influence you, who do you influence, who do you allow to pour into you. All of that kind of shapes your identity with who you are by the people you surround yourself with, right? And so I'm crazy, crazy excited for this for two reasons. One, I am super passionate about community. Um, I really think back when, just when I started coming to Fusion, uh, as Erskine was saying, like I just had a mask on. I would, I would sin before I got to Fusion. I would come to Fusion, act like everything was okay. Then I would leave Fusion, sin some more, and just nobody knew because it was just me. It was just me. I didn't know anybody. I didn't talk to anybody. It was just me. And, and if, I mean, I was, I was lukewarm. I was, I was that you left your water in the car for three days lukewarm. Like, it was just bad. Like, I was just, I had no fire in me. And it was until I got into a small group, until I got into a community that I finally started learning what it really meant to, to grow and to heal and uh, just allow other people to help develop you. And then the second reason I'm excited about tonight is this small group night. Small group night, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, whoo, small group night. We, we, we go crazy for it. And on some people, um, they, maybe you didn't have that same response, right? Maybe that's, that's not the feeling that you had. And a lot of times we wait until after the sermon to say it's small group night, but I want to do it a little bit differently. And I did it that way because for some people, maybe, maybe you've been hurt from a small group. Maybe you have some church hurt, small group hurt, and you're like, nah, this is not for me. Or maybe you just can't find the group that's fitting your expectations or giving you what you need, and you're like, ah, that's not for me. Or maybe you just don't know what small groups are. We just preach about it, we talk about it, and you're like, I don't know what they are, so I'm just going to leave. I know when we said small groups, some people, their battle plan, escape route was already planned. They said, before it's over, I'm going to put the church finger up. I'm going to exit that door. I'm going to walk around. If somebody asks if I'm going to a small group, I'm going to say, I'm going to get something out the car, and you're not coming back. I, look, I, that's what I used to do, okay? That's how I know that's what happens. And so but my prayer tonight is that 
as I go in to speak about community and small groups, that God begins to mend the heart, mend the brokenness. And even for those who don't know, he begins to change your perspective a little bit, change your perspective to have a desire to actually go into being in a small group. And so before I can kind of go into that, I got to give you my perspective of what a small group is. Okay, when I was meditating on this, praying on this, I was like, man, how can I give them an example of what small group is? And as I was thinking through it, it brought me back to one of my favorite movies, Remember the Titans. Crazy movie, crazy movie. For y'all who don't know, basically it was a high school back in the 70s and they had just passed a passed the law for them to integrate their school because they had been segregated. And so you had a white school, had to take black people into the school. And then you had a new coach who was a black coach played by Denzel Washington. And now it's just kind of like, okay, we got to win a national championship, but these guys don't like each other. Like they just, they, they really, because there's segregation, there was racial injustice, there was so much going on, but now you want us to play a sport and you want us to like them. You want them to like us. We don't mesh with them. But through the movie, as it goes on, they go to a summer camp and, and, and they finally start realizing like, hey, we have a common goal here. We want to win a state championship. It wasn't about color or, or, or uh, your background or your social status. It was about, hey, we're trying to win a championship here. And so there's a moment in the movie, in the movie where everything comes together. It finally clicks. And that's when you start realizing like, okay, we can do this. And we can begin to mend those broken bones and the, the broken hearts that has been shown. And so if you can just roll the clip, give you a little insight. Oh, come on. Come on. Run, run the ball. Let's run it again. Let's go. 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 Boy, I get hype every time. I'm like, I'm ready to go hit somebody, man. That's what it's like when it finally clicks and it only takes a couple of people and everybody else is looking around like, man, we, we can do anything because we're trying to accomplish the same goal. But so many times we get just, 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 we don't understand that. And why that movie really hit me is because if you go into it, uh, just explain it to you. You had strong side and you had the weak side or the left side. And I'm going I'm to make it really simple for you. The strong side meant there was more receivers and, and halfback or whatever on that side. So they were like loaded over there. And then you had your weak side or your left side, right? And they call it that because the strong side, he's always focused on what he can see. He's focused on, oh, the, these guys are going to get the ball. But you need somebody over here watching your weak side. We call it the blind side, the side that you don't see. Because, see, we, we go places and you can see everything. Hey, I see that's coming. I see that. I see that. And as soon as life hits that blind side, you don't see it coming. You, you don't see it. You just turn your head and it's just wham. Anybody who plays football knows it. Keep your head on a swivel. That's what they should tell you. 
but you want somebody on your team who can yell it out for you. Move. Cutter in every sport, because if you don't, you'll get cleaned out. And so my, 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 my prayer for everybody tonight is to understand that you may be strong and you may have everything going good for you. But if you don't have anybody watching the things that you can't see, it's only a matter of time before you fall. It's only a matter of time before you're down and out. And you better get as many people over there as you can. Because if you don't really get that perspective of small group and community and how it can affect you, you'll miss the mark. And so I kind of wanted to talk to you guys and give you a few points on that strong side and that weak side and why should you be in a small group? Why is this even important to me? And so I just have a few things that I kind of want to touch on. Number one, Jesus was in a small group. Jesus had a whole gang. He didn't have two. He didn't have three. He had, he had 12. I mean, he had, he had his boys, right? And I think it's so interesting to understand that before Jesus really did, well, actually, not really, before Jesus did any miracles, he went and got in a small group. Jesus did three things when he stepped on the scene. He got baptized by water. So that's pretty much a outward expression of an inward declaration. So he went down, came up new. Then he went to the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. And in that place, he affirmed his identity to the devil to let him know who he was. That's what Erskine was preaching on last week. You need to know your identity. It is written. You need to know what the word of God says so you know who you are when the devil tries to step up to you. You're like, nah, bro, that's, that, that, that ain't me. I hear what you're saying, but that's not me. And then tonight, we go into Jesus getting into a small group. And so I, I use the Bible app. I think most of us do. Um, I don't see too many paper Bibles in here anyway. So I use the Bible app, and I love the NLT version because not is it just easy to read, but they give these things, these subject lines, right, where it kind of tells you what's kind of coming. And so I did a little video so you can kind of see how this all uh, transpired as Jesus was kind of trying to find his disciples, and he tried to, like, do his ministry and something like that. We might get it. I don't know. We maybe get it on the video or not. Look, open up y'all's phones. That's what we're going to do. Open up y'all's phones. Y'all, y'all, y'all should have the Bible app, right? Okay, open up your phones and go to the NLT version. Okay, Ish, let me see your phone so I can see, I can see this. Okay, go to Matthew 4. Matthew 4. All right, in the NLT version, if you look at the top, it says the temptation of Jesus. So that's when he went to the wilderness, right? So you scroll down, just keep scrolling a little bit. Then it says the ministry of Jesus begins. So this is when he's, he's, hey, he's about to start kicking devils in the face, spirits, doing all these different type of things. And so he started preaching. If you scroll down just a little bit more before he did any miracles, before he, he healed the sick, before he made the lame walk, before he did anything, the first disciples. He went and got some people around him. Here you go. Just appreciate it. So what makes us think we're any better that we don't need people around us when Jesus needed people around him? And here's the beautiful thing that I love about what Jesus did. He didn't go get the Pharisees and all these people who knew the word. He didn't go get all these over-righteous and religious people. He went and got regular people to surround himself around. And I think that's a word for some of you in here who think, I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough, or they don't want to know my baggage. They don't want to know what I'm going through. They don't want to be a, I don't want to be a part of that because they're going to shame me. They're going to talk down to me. No, Jesus got some of the most broken people around him. I mean, most, most fishermen and from all different backgrounds. And so, but once you put the collective group together, 
Everybody can help everybody from a different way, from a different perspective, from a different uh, vantage point. Right. So you want to get like Jesus. You want to be like him before he started doing his ministry. And some of us are wondering, God, I got everything figured out. I've been baptized. I know who I am in my identity. And God is saying, who are you sharing it with? You just keep it to yourself. Oh, no, no, no. I'm good. I know they got their problems, but I'm good. I'm okay. No, no, no. I'm not dealing with that type of sin. Not, Not that type of sin. I'm good. And God is saying if Jesus was around his disciples so they can glean from him, so they can learn from him, so they can grow from him, aren't we just the same? We need the same thing around us in order to grow and be disciples as God has called us to be. So first point was Jesus was in a small group. Second point, bad things happen when you leave godly community. Really bad things happen. I mean, horrible things happen. I can give you the greatest example I could think of, Judas. Judas is an example of what happens when you leave godly community. And so we just go to Luke, Luke uh, 22. It says, then Satan entered into Judas, who was one of the 12 disciples. He went to the leading priest and captains of the temple guard to discuss the best way to betray Jesus to them. Now, before I use this as an example, I have to state this fact. Judas played a role in fulfilling the will of God, okay? He did what he needed to do in order for Jesus to die for our sins and to raise on the third day. So I'm not, I'm not, that is fact. I'm not changing that. The interesting part is he had to leave the disciples to go make it happen. He didn't do it with the disciples. See, it says Satan entered into Judas. Yes, it entered into him. We got people, we get oppressed and we have temptation and all these things that come around us. And instead of him turning to his brothers and his disciples, oh, no, 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 no. I got to go to these dudes who are going to give me what I want. See, what you got to understand is Judas had a love for money and he wanted to be exalted, but he knew he wasn't going to get that around his brothers and his disciples. So he went to these other people and said, hey, what can you do for me? And got a little paycheck. See, we go to the world. We do that in the world. We have all these people and believers around us. And instead of asking the opinion of a brother or sister in Christ, we go to social media. We go to the internet. We go to people who don't know half of what they're talking about in this world. We say, hey, these people are treating me bad at my job, and I just don't know what I'm going to do. And instead of asking your small group, you, you, you go to social media. Should I, hey, should I snap on them? Should I, should I snatch it out the chair? I mean... I'm going to go to work and it's going down. Like we go to social media instead of turning to your brothers and sisters because you don't want to hear what they have to say. They're going to be like, oh, no, you need to buy them some donuts and bring it to them in the morning and and say a prayer over them and tell them how beautiful they look. And you like, they're not beautiful at all. But this is what you have to do. Like I'm a visual person. I can only imagine what would have happened if Judas would have told the disciples what he was thinking about. I can, if he, he sent back, he said, okay, okay, okay. Yo, John, hey, come here, come here, man. All right, look, look. I heard it's a bounty on Jesus' head. We can split it 50-50. All we got to do is betray him and send him over, and it's all good, man. What you think? Man, what? Peter, 
Come here, man. And you don't want to get... Look, Peter was the crazy one, all right? Peter chopping ears off. So you already know what he was about to do. It's about to go down. Like, you trying to kill my boy JC? Is that what you want to do? What? We can go ahead and kill him. We got Jesus. If he want him to live, he can bring him back on up. But I don't think that's what's going to happen. So we cool. So you didn't want that to happen. So I'm just visual. But when he left godly community, that's when it all went downhill. And we do that. We have Judas moments. Man, I, I'm going to go buy a new car. But I ain't going to tell them because they know it's not a good financial decision. Oh, I'm, 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 hey, 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 look, look, look. She's single. I'm just going to go on some dates and I'm not going to tell nobody. You're not going to invite a small group? <laughs> Bring her on in. We don't want to do that, right? But bad things happen when you leave good company. And the Bible kind of puts it even better uh, in Proverbs 13 and 20. Walk with the wise and become wise, but walk with fools and get into trouble. Trouble's lurking. It's waiting. And we try to keep you around wise people so you can grow and you can develop and you can make wise decisions. So number two was... Bad things happen when you leave godly community. Number one was Jesus in a small group. And finally, it will change your life. Small group will change your life. I'm a, I'm a walking testimony of it. I probably wouldn't even be married if I didn't, I didn't have a small group. That, <laughs> you too, Rob. <laughs> He's celebrating his three-year anniversary and a birthday back there. He got a double whammy coming tonight. But you have to be in this place where you understand it'll change your life. It'll change everything about your life. Right? And, and, and I have, I try to, I, I was kind of meditating on this and saying, how can I be tangible? And I got this awesome idea when I was looking at some big old beanie bag cushions at the, uh, <laughs> at the store with uh, one of our married couples. And so if I can just get Kevin and Erskine to come up. And while they're coming up, I want to read this scripture because... I want to enact, I want you guys to really see what this looks like and how small groups can change your life, but you have to do it a certain way, all right? So in Galatians 6, it says, dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens in this way, obey the law of Christ. And if we can just leave that up there, because I want to get, I'm, I'm, I love to see things like just, just visually so I can have a tangible expression of what this looks like. So in this scripture, it's kind of saying brothers and sisters, so people in small groups, okay, if another believer, that's somebody in your small group because he's a believer, if they're overcome by sin, uh, by sin, brokenness, hurt, uh, anything that kind of comes against you that's, uh, that's not of God's will or not of God, we'll call it sin, okay? So Kevin is going through some, so we're just going to him, chop him in the neck, and he's going to fall. There you go, brother. We're going to chop him down. And so it says, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. Now, Erskine's standing straight up right now. Now, gently, he can't yell at him. He can't snatch him up. I'm, I'm going to snatch him up. I'm going to pull up on him. And I'm going to snatch him up. I'm going to make sure he get it right. No. You got to be gentle and do this with love. But then humbly, he can't sit straight up and pick this man up. If he sticks his arm out, he's, he can't pick him up. You can't be self-righteous and say, I'm better than you. I, I got it all together, but you need to come up. And he, he, you can't tone him. You know, you can't do that. But what he has to do is he has to literally meet him where he is. 
He has to drop down to grab his hand and be able to pull him back up. But here's oh, but here's the big one. His foundation and identity has to be strong because if it's broken, Kevin going to pull him right down with him. They're going to fall right into temptation and sin together. If Kevin was heavy going through a ton of things, Erskine may have to call me and say, man, I can't do this by myself. Can you help me pick him up, too? But we want to go try to pick everybody up. And you, your foundation is you, you crumbly. I'm not saying that we're, we, we can't be in a place where you're hurting, that you can't help people, but be mindful of what they're going through. Be mindful of what you're going through and where you are in order to be able to help people. But I'm about to flip it. The people that are hurt and broken and on the ground and going through all these different type of things. If Kevin doesn't reach up and accept the help that he's trying to give him, he's never going to get off the ground. He can... He can wail around. He can flap around. He can do everything he's trying to do in his power. If he doesn't accept the help that he is trying to give him. Come on, y'all. I know we all in these broken spaces, but you got to be willing to have somebody on that weak side. that you're going to be like, help me, man. You got to respond to the text or the call. You got to pull up at their house. You got to say, hey, I'm going to come to small group. You, got, you have to be willing to reach out to these people and accept what they're trying to do for you. And when you do that, he can help him up. No sweat. He can pull them straight up. There you go. Boom. That's it. That's it. There you go. There you go. That's it. And so we have to be mindful of this. We have to know about this weak side and who we want in our lives. And some of us, I know we're probably, maybe you've been hurt. You've been hurt by your small group. Jesus was hurt by his small group. Somebody betrayed him for a pair of J's and an Xbox. Then you got another one, yo, yo, one of your boys, man, he denied, he even, man, I, don't, I don't even know that dude, man. No, 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 I don't know him. I don't rock with him like that. But you know what he did when he rose from the dead? Man, he popped up in his small group. Read it. That's what he did. They were sitting around barricaded in a room, and Jesus said, I'm about to pop right up in the middle. How y'all doing? What's up? Y'all remember what I told y'all? Feel my hands. See, it's, it's good. Now I need y'all to go make disciples. We're trying to get the point across that small group is a thing that we all need. I need it. I'm in one. I wouldn't be up here preaching if I wasn't. And so I want everybody to kind of just get that perspective because, look, the devil is out here to steal, kill, and destroy. He is aiming for heads. He is coming for throats. He is not sitting here trying to play all willy-nilly like, oh, I'm just going to kind of play around. And I know for me, and I get passionate about it because I see people who are hurt and are broken. And the first thing I ask them is, are you in a small group? And they say, no. But see, I, I know how it works. My team's strong. I, I, man, I'm telling you who I need to call. You need somebody who's going to battle for you, somebody who's going to pray for you, somebody who's going to put on the armor of God and say, man, I ain't scared. Let's go do this. What's up? You want what? what, what? Where they at? Point them out. You want me to come pray over your house? You want me to what we need to do? You need people like that on that weak side, that blind side that you don't see. And when it's time to come and get it, you're ready to say, God, I'm here. I got people with me. I got my boys with me. When I look left and right, I need soldiers. I don't need no little. I don't need no man. No, man, we need some goons out here, man. I'm telling you. Squad, see, those, those my goons, man. See, we get crazy. We, we don't care. They throwing me off in my message. They don't care. They just want to yell. I'm cool with that. 
because I know I can call on them. And so as we kind of wrap this up, Jesus was in a small group. Bad things happen when you leave godly community, and it'll change your life. You don't have to battle by yourself anymore. You don't have to. I know some people may be still thinking, I'm still going to leave. And God gave me this earlier today in prayer. The devil just sitting out there lurking. And the moment you walk out by yourself, he's like, I got him. I got him. Yep, boom, got him. But when you with, when you, when you with your people, man, he ain't trying to, because he, he don't want to battle that hard. The devil wants the easy stuff. He don't want to come at you. And he's like, man, there's about five people praying on this dude. I don't, I don't even... <laughs> I, I ain't got the demons to send out them, man. They, I, don't, I don't know. Last time I came around, they done cast people out. It was just all crazy. They don't, he don't want that. And so I want, hopefully and prayerfully, that God has shifted some of your hearts and your perspective in order to go into small group tonight. And so if I can just get all my leaders, let me go ahead and get my leaders to come up and go to your spots. There we go. There we go. And if we can go ahead and put the graphic up, and while the graphic's up, I want you guys to go ahead and start looking at where you're going to go, okay? And this, this is important. While you're looking, I'm going to read just a few testimonies that I got. I got a bunch of them, but I want to read a few of them because I don't want you guys to miss this moment. I don't want you to miss this understanding of what small group does for you, all right? The first one, small group was a game changer. When I first came to this group, I had just gotten back from Afghanistan. Since I've been home, I've buried three of my soldiers. The transition from soldier to civilian is different for everyone, and it can be difficult, but being in this small group gave me stability and a routine. I dare go as far as saying God used small group to save my life. I remember my first couple of months back, I used to be on edge and jumpy because of the light show during praise and worship. It reminded me of muzzle flashes and being shot at overseas. It was a real adjustment, but the one thing I always looked forward to was small group. Small group taught me another way to live. When I started, I was honestly depressed and didn't care about my life anymore. I was so tired of the world and taking all the L's. I didn't trust anyone. God knew I was hard-headed, so he would speak through my small group to me. I was a walking zombie on antidepressants and ambient because I wouldn't sleep for days. This small group legit gave me the push to keep going. Now I'm in places in a headspace I never thought I'd be in. Small group is a safe space for me. I thought people were going to be too self-righteous and judgmental because that's the only way I've ever seen accountability work in a church. This is different. You're loved into a desire to live righteously and enjoy Christ. I say that as a person currently battling depression and desiring isolation. Moments I want to quit, I get a text from someone, and then I stop believing the lies of the enemy. That was just three, and I got a ton of those. And so I'm praying right now that you guys have seen where you're going to go. These leaders are here to kind of usher you in, to love on you. Uh, all my capital uh, recent seniors, my fusion freshmen, there we go. Y'all aren't, aren't here, but y'all are going to meet by the guest services suite in front of V1. So you guys are going to get plugged in. We're going to love on you. But guys, please give it a chance. Amen. Just give it one chance tonight. And if it's a group that doesn't meet on the night that you need to meet, let us know. Tell your leader. We can plug you into another group. 
Don't run away. We know this is important to y'all. We know it's impactful. So when I count down from three, I need everybody to go to their spot. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? Hey, strong side, I need y'all to get live, man. We ain't playing with y'all. All right, three, two, one, go.